All right, we are back. And um, among uh, obituaries of note, we would like to point out uh, that the passing of Rosa Parks has, uh, has stirred the nation. Rosa Parks, uh, 50 years ago, um, began uh, an important civil rights movement by basically refusing to comply with the apartheid rules that existed in uh, Alabama uh, simply as regarding bus ridership. Blacks were supposed to sit in the back of the bus. Rosa Parks one day just decided she'd had enough and she wasn't going to do it. This led to a, uh, a boycott by blacks of the bus system uh, in Alabama and, uh, and, and spawned a great deal of what became the civil rights movement in the late 50s and early 60s. We owe her uh, a great deal. Now, every so often, I, I go through various uh, piles of papers here and there, magazines and the like, and, 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 and go through, um, take a look at what was in the news several years ago to see how, how things look today. I'd like to take a few minutes and, and review some of these. The first was an obituary from, um, from March 1998 for Fred W. Friendly, noting uh, in the B that the CBS veteran was a voice for quality and public service. Fred Friendly, of course, is portrayed in the movie Good Night and Good Luck by George Clooney. The B noted at the time that broadcast pioneer Fred Friendly, 82, died of a stroke at his home in New York. He probably also died of a broken heart. Friendly, who did much to shape radio and television broadcasting in the public interest, spent the last decades of his life lamenting how far from their promise broadcasters have fallen. It's impossible for intelligent people to watch much of it, he said of network news programming. The man who teamed with Edward R. Murrow to face down Senator Joseph McCarthy would quit his job as president of CBS News in 1966 after network executives decided to air reruns of sitcoms rather than congressional hearings about the Vietnam War. Friendly had begun a career in radio in 1937, producing the daily biograph program called Footprints in the Sands of Time. After service in World War II, he joined CBS and formed a partnership with Ed Murrow that resulted in the groundbreaking television program See It Now and enduring examples of television's documentary powers such as Harvest of Shame, a farm labor expose. Here's a bit of prophecy from New Scientist magazine, uh, July 16th of this summer, noting that... Uh, on the average of past records, the, year, the year's first tropical storm should come on July 11th. The hurricane season got off to an early start this year, and of course, the hurricanes are continuing to come. They've run out of uh, letters of the alphabet, and they're now using the Greek alphabet. In fact, I've had to postpone a trip to Central America because Hurricane Beta was bearing down on Nicaragua. Looks like they're pretty smart over at New Scientist magazine. Uh, they called that one in July. Here's a newspaper I found dated May 26, 2001. Uh, cover of the Chronicle. Enron's secret bid to save deregulation. Noted by Christian Berthelsen and Scott Winokur that, uh, that Enron's chairman was pitching a plan to prominent Californians, uh, quietly courting Arnold Schwarzenegger, Richard Reardon, Michael Milken, and other luminaries uh, in Beverly Hills to drum up support for his his solution to California's energy crisis. This, of course, was well covered in Alex Gibney's movie, 
Enron, the smartest guys in the room, and uh, we will be probably talking to Mr. Gibney again when the trial of Kenny Boyle starts, presumably uh, in January. The follow-up page, though, here, like in page uh, A11 inside the Chronicle, shows a picture of Dick Cheney <laughs> with his hands spread saying, oh, nothing more can be done to help solve California's power problems. Once again, May 2001. They felt that nothing could be done to help to, to, to stop all of their friends from carting money out of California by the train load. And let's just close today's show with uh, one from the duh file. It was noted by Julia Malone for the Cox News Service that Michael Chertoff, the Homeland Security Secretary, after questioning in Congress, said the U.S. wasn't ready for Hurricane Katrina. Chertoff rebutted lawmakers' questions about why he worked from home August 27th, why he made a previously scheduled trip to Atlanta on August 30th, and why President Bush stayed at his Texas ranch until August 31st. I don't think there's a lack of sense of urgency when the storm struck, Chertoff said. And I think ultimately the explanation has to come from Tom Burka's blog, Opinions You Should Have, where Tom pointed out in September 14th, existence of poor people a surprise says Bush, <laughs> would have rescued them if he had known they were there, claims President. <laughs> the article notes that when aides finally briefed the president on the existence of poor people, he was reportedly quite surprised to discover that some people do not own cars and are often forced to take public transportation or even walk or ride bicycles to get places. The president later said he was considering a plan to make stock options available to poor people at discounted prices in order to help welcome them into the ownership society. That, my friends, does it for today's program. You've been listening to Radio Parallax. This show was produced by Edward McMillan. I'm your host, Douglas Everett. Now, please stay tuned for Todd, and we will see you next Thursday at 5. And don't forget to vote next Tuesday. Tuesday.